Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 32. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. How are you, boys? It's, it seems like it's been ages since we've done a Box Cutters because last week we had to redress the balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we uh, didn't actually have to. We did have to. Otherwise, the space-time continuum would have faltered fault, in on itself. And we all would have ceased to exist. I, I think you've got delusions of self-importance there, Josh. Uh, no, I just don't think really you understand <laughs> how physics works. We were showing you that photo all throughout before we, were, before we went to air, showing you the photo of the three of us slowly disappearing. Didn't you see that? <laughs> Very back to the future. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, uh, and now we can't do it ever again because my flux capacitor is broken. Oh, Sorry. Oh. Sorry to say that. <laughs> a big week on box cutters. Huge week. Every week's a huge week. Mm-hmm. What makes this week different? Nothing. Start a big brother. Well, yeah. We've got a Jess Maguire going to phone in and talk to us about the first week of that. I'm guessing she's got lots of theories. She's, she loves her theories. She does love her theories. No, I thought, the, I, I, I thought uh, the fattest loser was going to be um, over by now. Uh, no, they they extended older. it. They extended it for a week. Remember, really? they had the intruder. Remember, remember no. how we, I didn't watch any of it. <laughs> yeah, so. but we did. We did break that on the show, Brent. We we do talk about that sort of stuff. It anyway, is a show they, about they, television. They extended so. they extended it by an extra week, and it's finishing t- tonight. So yeah, while we record this, so last night, Thursday or, night, whenever you're listening, whenever to you're it, listening, it, mm-hmm. it's over. Basically, it's over. Uh, it was far more popular than anyone could have imagined. And yep. well done to. The winner. I have no idea. Well done to the winner who lost a lot of weight. Well done to the winner. Edit it in later. <laughs> uh, we've also got some I Don't Buy It. Yes, a couple of I Don't Buy It. A couple it. of I Don't Buy It. I'm going to talk about Foxtel mm-hmm. and uh, how I have grown to hate it over the last week. Hang on, you're Foxtel's bitch. And still, I've grown to hate it over the last week. <laughs> uh, some stuff about the footy. Maybe some crap TV. If there's time. We'll see how we go. Mm-hmm. And uh, also got a letter to box cutters. That's all coming up later in the show. But as we always do, we're going to kick it off with the news. And now for the news. In news this week, big important news about Socceroos and television rights. And with that news, Brett Cropley. Yes, indeed. A uh, lot of lot of commentary around about this uh, over this week. Fox Sports has won the TV broadcast rights to all the Socceroos games. If you don't know the Socceroos, it's the Australian national soccer team. Sorry, Brett. It's not actually all the Socceroos games. It's all the Socceroos home games. I've got all Socceroos games except the next two World Cups. It's actually only the home games, I believe. For the next... Seven years. That's correct. Fox Sports paid $120 million for the rights. Uh, SBS aren't particularly happy about the situation, but didn't have the capacity to match the 120 mil price. Uh, Socceroos games are not on the list of sports under the federal anti-siphoning laws. And uh, the price breaks down to about 17 mil per year. Fox Sports will need to kick in another 8 mil per year uh, to actually uh, do the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, of all those games, just and, uh, the... sorry, uh, 
SBS Managing Director Sean Brown said that uh, pay TV has significantly deeper pockets than SBS does. Uh, uh, so they're just going, ooh, we don't have enough money to buy this sucker. It's true. Hey, I just wanted to ask you, Brett, you know how we talked last week or the week before about the anti-siphoning laws? Mm-hmm. We're saying uh, we thought they were around before Howard. Yeah. Yep. Why? Because pay TV came in before Howard. No, it didn't. Yes, they came in. They're both they're both ten years this year. Actually, yeah, that's right. And and Howard uh, Howard started in ninety six, and we're in two thousand and six. Uh, and Gal- uh, Galaxy and Optus Vision were definitely around before Howard <clears throat> were they? came in. Yeah, uh, I went overseas. It was it was on before I went overseas. Okay, um, I, d- I was... did no research into remember, it. I, d- last, I just remember had a thought. When, remember when Brett was overseas? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was just about to explain <laughs> that. Uh, it was around late 1994. Okay, okay. Well, uh, if if we can find a date on when the anti-siphoning laws actually came into play, uh, that would be great. If anyone and has in the that, lead up to to introducing uh, pay TV in this yeah, country, they would have legislated for that. If anyone okay. has uh, information on that. Send us a line. Hooray at boxcutters.net. But it all could be uh, moot the list of sports covered by the anti-siphoning laws because part of the new media rules... Uh, proposed, we'll be looking at, proposed rules. We'll be looking at... Helen Kern will be looking at uh, which sports should be on that list. So, you know, maybe we'll just have the Ashes and nothing else. Ah, if, yeah. You know, if Johnny has his way. Mm. Well, probably be cricket it really is the, the only the, sport. <laughs> Pity you can't play. <laughs> in other uh, sports rights news, the Nine Network is in the process of unloading millions of dollars of sporting rights to the pay TV channel Fox Sports, half-owned uh, each by Nine's parent, PBL and News Limited. The review was already revealed, uh, but Nine is now in active negotiations with Sp- Fox Sports about a variety of deals, uh, some of which would breach the current standing anti-siphoning laws so things of like, the federal uh, government. Like the golf. I think the golf's on the anti-siphoning. And, yeah. And Channel 9 took a bath on whatever it was that was shown the, recently. Uh, the, the, the Masters or something, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they don't want to show any of it ever again. That's because golf is one of the most boring televised sports around. Yeah, that's, there's, that's true. There's no action. I mean, the, the thing, about, thing about watching sport on television... Is that a you get uh, really good, uh, really good angles on on seeing the sport, and b stuff happens, yep. and nothing really <laughs> happens in golf until the end of yeah. the day, and That's... you go, oh, he beat the guy who started playing seven hours before him, yeah, hooray, <laughs> at boxcutter.net. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. But speaking uh, of, speaking of definitely Nine. looking at uh, reducing the number of sports on that list. Okay. Speaking of Channel Nine, uh, some good news for local production in Powerhouse Soapy McLeod's Daughters has been renewed for another season, which is good news. Which would be its seventh. Uh, ding. Just agree yes. With me. Yeah. <laughs> now they've they've recently discovered a new daughter, haven't they, on McLeod's? Daughters. Another one? No, I think I think because they I, ran out of daughters <laughs> and then they got another one. You know what? Not even Deirdre, my wife, watches McLeod's Daughters. Really? So I, I, I can't I can't tell you. Who watches McLeod's Daughters? I, I really don't is know. It, is it people who grew up watching Saddle Club and <laughs> and they just went, Well, I like I like ladies and horses. <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, in other Channel Nine news, Channel Nine has apparently signed uh, Lara Bingle, 
who people won't know very well. She's just had a sudden burst of flame with the Where the Bloody Hell Are You ads. She's ah, the main yes. model from that. And also Channel 9 is in negotiations to with Ralph Magazine. And, and I think Lana Bingle actually appeared on the cover of Ralph oh, recently. Okay. okay. But, uh, yeah, Channel 9 and Ralph are working together to make a Ralph tie-in show. Does this sound a little familiar they to anybody? they going to call it Blokeswell? Be- be- <laughs> Better Homes and Gardens? Is it Better Homes and Gardens, but for a Ralph? Uh, I are we going to have Noni Hazelhurst hosting a Ralph show? <laughs> In a bikini? <laughs> it, it does sound a little Blokeswell, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I don't think they'll do their own ads, though. Yeah, no. it's you know what? I reckon Blokes World with a budget could be quite good. Whatever, it just means Letterman will get pushed further and further. Further and further Down back. the schedule. Further and further down the schedule. Speaking of Channel 9... Yeah, we've got a lot of Channel 9. Uh, Temptation, the new sale of the century, has been uh, easily taking out Big Brother and Home and Away over uh, most nights this week. Is that nationally or just in Melbourne? That's nationally and in Melbourne. Okay. Uh, the probably the uh, greatest draw card is a special viewer competition for a lucky five dollar note. Uh, previously, it had been about a two dollar note. S- <laughs> it used to, there was a two dollar note competition years and years and years ago. Back with Tony Barber, same idea. But uh, I, I think previously they they took it from the scores that people were at at that point. So I'm informed now it's just a random number. Oh, okay. <clears throat> that they that they okay. announce at some point. So during... just be prepared to have five dollars in change wherever you go, because uh, it's unlikely that people are going to have five dollar notes ready for you. <laughs> this is a, yeah. this is this is what happened with the two dollar note competition. People were hoarding. <laughs> is that, $2 is notes. that why they had to get rid of the two dollar notes? And the, and the, yeah. <laughs> Temptation ruined $2 notes for everybody. <laughs> so, so are you suggesting there's more to this? There's, there's actually a deeper plan to get rid of $5. This is, this $5 is a push notes. for the $5, $5 coin. $5 coin. Yep. Is it going to be smaller than the $2 coin? No, I think it's, it's going to be bigger but purple. Oh. To match the $5 note. You heard it here first. <laughs> Next week know. on Temptation. made all of that up. Next week on Temptation, uh, they've got a special with the stars of a Logie Award winning shows uh, special. Over the week, um, it'll be interesting to see how that fares given the fate of specials uh, previously this year. Some of the stars include John Wood, Paul uh, Cronin. You know what? I don't care. Rowena, Pat the Rat Wallace. <laughs> I don't care. Simon Townsend, Con the Frudera, okay, Mark Mitchell, Gil Tucker, and Benita Collins and Simon Burke on the Play School team. I was actually expecting maybe some more current kind of Logie contenders, but uh, they've Dug well back into the archive. All, you said John all Wood, those, didn't you? All those has-beens that... that John, John, John Wood manages to be a has-been and a current. Can't get arrested in this town. <laughs> Still, don't care. But speaking of games... Lost, <laughs> Lost have come out with a... Uh, Lost are coming out with an interactive game. Uh, this is uh, to be done mostly, uh, mostly over the internet. Is Josh always going to be Segway guy from now on? I, I don't know. He's just... I don't think he's got any news this week. <laughs> I've, I've got news, but I thought that your news was, was way more important. Oh, right. Except for the I, temptation I thing. I don't know why I threw to that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not really sure that uh, this lost game, it's apparently going to focus on uh, Dharma and the De Groot group and look at, uh, look at characters not so much involved in the show. Uh, a, a Channel 7 press release said it was going to be a parallel storyline not focused on in the right. series. I, I 
I suspect they're not going to be doing that much different to what they're doing now. The, the Lost People have released a lot of websites over the last 12 months just uh, that are in relation to Lost. There's the Mega Lotto one that talks about Hurley's winning. There's about six Oceanic websites, uh, and these are, these are the proper ones. There's the Marvin Candle website. He's the narrator of the video, the, the orientation film. So, I mean, there's heaps. Oh, is there a Marvin Candle? Oh, I want to see that. Well, you'll have to uh, oh. you'll have to look at marvincandle.com. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so there's so there's heaps of these. M- most of them are done. Well, I, I assume there's lots that aren't done, but a lot of them are done by ABC over there. So I, I think I think the difference here is that it's ABC in uh, in cooperation with Channel Four in the UK and Yahoo Seven in Australia. Oh, so it's okay. the first time they're doing an international one. Radio. And uh, according to the Yahoo 7 press release, uh, there's also going to be clues that won't appear in the website. So are we getting the clues here at the same time? Because the, the, I think the first clue is going to air on May the 9th, possibly? May, are the, we, May the 4th. May the 2nd the the in the UK, May the 3rd in the US, and May the 4th in Australia. Oh, that's good news, because I assumed it would be May the, May the 4th over there and October sometime here, and it would have been solved by then. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be simultaneous, international, and they're hinting at clues being in other media as well, so maybe on television, maybe, uh, maybe in newspapers and, and stuff. And while it's parallel with uh, the series going to air on TV, it won't actually be dependent upon where it is uh, on yeah. the, in the series, because in different places in the world, they're still on uh, series one Yeah, yeah. on that. Um, oh, that's fantastic news. Interestingly, uh, unlike Thank God You're Here, there is no grand prize for those who managed to piece together the puzzle. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> We're the uh, biggest, biggest internet nerd or something. Not even a Perspex little trophy. You don't, you don't even get a box cutter's T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do the people who win the box cutter. <laughs> they will be getting theirs. Uh, just quickly, in other lost news, uh, apparently Michelle Rodriguez and Cynthia Watros who play Anna Lucia and Libby, respectively. Both got charged with drink driving uh, just recently, and Michelle Rodriguez, rather than doing the community service, went to jail. She's going to do five five days in the pen. Yeah. I, I, I kind of glimpsed at that story. I thought that she'd been done again, because they got done a couple of months ago, I think. Oh, and okay. Michelle yeah. Rodriguez, I, I can't remember what her blood alcohol count was, but it was something ridiculous. Yeah. And she in, loves drink driving. <laughs> and in other just quick lost news, apparently J.J. Uh, Abrahams, hot off directing Mission Impossible 3, is set to direct the new Star Trek film, which will be called Star Trek Unnecessary, and looks at um, <laughs> <laughs> Captain Kirk and Spock when they originally met at the Academy. <laughs> Only one little bit of that wasn't true. <laughs> They didn't meet at the academy. <laughs> <laughs> no, they met on oh, the Enterprise. That's uh, there is a call for a new digital children's channel. This comes from the Australian. The ACTF, the Australian Children's Television Foundation, is urging the federal government to incorporate a new children's channel into its strategy to drive consumer conversion to digital television. This, of course, is depending on whether or not the government actually wants people to move over to digital television, as we've discussed a number of times in the past. If they really wanted to push people over to digital television, they would open up multi-channeling to all broadcasters and have some kind of uh, important, compelling 
reason for people to buy digital set-top boxes. Yep. At the moment, there's nothing. Even mm-hmm. with a digital ch- children's station, or two of them, like they have in the UK, which have been really, really popular in the UK, there's not enough reason for me to uh, to move over to digital television. But if Channel 9 had a time shift, so if I miss, if I get home late and I can't see Survivor, I know that it's going to be on 9.30. Uh, Handy. Yeah. You know, that would be great, but mm. no, they're not doing that. So, no. screw them. Anyway, they're looking at a children's television station. And, and they, Fly was a digital children's television station, wasn't it? Or you, it was music, yeah. It was, a, was, like a, it was a youth station. Was it digital or was it Optus only? Oh. I think it was Optus Vision only. Oh, I thought it was digital. I thought it was one of the very early digital channels. I don't, but... I don't think digital was around back then. Okay. Hmm. But emails. Yeah, Hooray. emails. <laughs> Um, speaking of ABC stuff, and I didn't mention this uh, in our plenary, uh, I, I didn't. But go on. There is uh, there's there's word around that uh, a budget increase for the ABC is on the cards of fifty million dollars to be specifically earmarked for local drama. Uh, oh, fantastic! Wow, fantastic. 50, $50 million dollars is going to go really far. But it's better than that's true. It is it, it is better than a kick in the pants. <laughs> taking fifty million out and saying. Produce some local drama. Mm. Yeah, which is fair enough. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Finale's news from the US, Earl and The Office and Willard and Grace have announced that they are going to have extended finales this year. They're going to run at 40 minutes each. What shows were they? They were My Name is Earl, The Office, and Will and Grace. Now, Will and Grace... It seems like every episode now is an extended episode because they just drag on for so long. No one gives a shit. <laughs> they always what, drag on. What is the reason for, for doing an extended episode? I mean, the the last series of The Shield was an extended episode that went yep. for 90 minutes. Yep. But that was because they really had a lot of story to fit in. I, th- I think the plan here is that if, if, say, My Name is Earl starts at 9 o'clock and it finishes at 9.40 people are less inclined to turn over. It, it's, it's the basic same theory as, you know, everything on Channel 7 starting at 8.40 instead of 8.30. So there won't so necessarily saying, be 10 minutes no, of more of entertainment. No, there's there just going to be 10 minutes more of show. <laughs> no, there's an, extra, there's an extra ad break and yep. there's another whole segment. Right. So in the States, do they have the same problem as we do here with people not actually being able to stay to a schedule? And they just run. Oh, I haven't anymore. heard. I haven't heard. I know they do have the same problem over there that we have here. That people have remote controls, and so they can turn the channel whenever they like. And but, all of this foo fuff doesn't work. But shows there st- tend to start on time. They do. Okay. Yeah, from my experience. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not sure about that, but uh, I believe you. I assume that there's a lot more kind of with affiliates kind of dropping in their own content, and so they actually have to work with other networks. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that's a major part of it because if you have a look at say the the Fox Network website and you have a look at their schedule, all they're showing you are the shows that they send to their affiliates, just the primetime shows. Mm-hmm. Everything else is kind mm-hmm. of resold to the affiliates for them to show at whatever time they want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those shows definitely have to run to schedule because they go to air nationally. Whereas here, the shows are getting so far behind, we're almost going to be like on yesterday's schedule. Plus, we don't, we don't have affiliates here. We don't have that, that concept, which is, you know, a, a flawed... Well, a we kind of do. You know, I think we kind of do with, with Wynn and Southern Cross and Prime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except but, they, but they're, they're often they're a week behind in, anyway. In local content of advertising. Yes. They, they don't have their own shows. And news. Maybe a well, local the news, news, that's about it. You know, yeah. generically runs to half an hour, so 
and yeah. it's at the start of the night. It's not after the footy show when you know Eddie's had another twenty minutes. Yeah. Plus, yeah, they're they're a network. The they're a network in themselves as well. So uh, you know, if if you want to look at it, that, that we actually have seven networks in Australia instead of the instead of the five that we often talk about. We don't have that same problem of affiliates, which also means that our networks don't really care that much if they go over time. Uh, all the all the people that care are the viewers, mm-hmm. and uh, no one cares about the viewers. Exactly. Uh, speaking of caring about the viewers, oh, I don't know. That was really weak. Foxtel <laughs> are trialing cheaper prices. Oh, okay. uh, Ozstar, the regional satellite operator, offered a cut price twenty nine ninety five a month for 25 channels in uh, Lismore and Shepparton. Uh, so is this just regional at this stage? Yeah. Just... Off satellite. So, yeah, they're, uh, they're trialling it at the moment, mm-hmm. but I think they're looking at it for a, a, a wider audience, possibly a national audience. Uh, it uh, resulted in a 50% sales lift, and one of the really interesting things that they found about it was that uh, when the entry price drops from the standard $49 a month, to about $30, uh, the customer consideration of pay TV triples, but also, and this is quite strange, when offered the choice of 25 channels for $30, a large number of subscribers actually opt for the higher tiers. So they end up making the money anyway. Okay. But but the introduction is a lot more appealing. So people go, oh, 30 bucks, I can afford that. So that's what's got them thinking. That's, and that's what gets them thinking. That goes, and then they go, oh, well, if I can afford 30 bucks, then I can afford 60 bucks for this or, you know, $100 million a month for... Showtime. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely, absolutely terrible. Hey, uh, Prison Break have announced they're going to do a couple of spin-off... Crossover episodes. <laughs> with, with Lost. Mobisodes, they're called. Oh. As in for their, your mobile phones. For your mobile phones. Two-minute episodes. Now, they're going to feature, feature embedded advertising. They're going to have advertising for Toyota Yaris both before and after and during. <laughs> so, so, how, so how long does it run? It goes for two minutes. <laughs> Does that include the advertising? Yeah, apparently. So well, we've got no, about 20 I... seconds of show. <laughs> Quick, get in the Yaris. <laughs> the end. <laughs> They're chasing us. What's the fastest car we can, we can find? We've got a Lamborghini. Nah, that's shit house. We'll never fit in that. Get the Yaris. That's pretty much going to be it, I think. So I don't know if they're going to be available here or not. Or... How can I ask they... you guys, would you bother? Like, like we've had 24 Mobisodes available. You see, I, I wouldn't care, but apparently, particularly in some of the Asian countries, uh, Mobisodes and mobile comics and all that is just huge business. Yeah, in, I, um, I, I heard a, an NPR segment about uh, how people use their mobile phones in Japan and they pretty much use them for everything. Absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still reminded of that Letterman bit where he said, you know, in in years to come we'll all gather around the gather around the mobile phone like people used to gather around the, the big <laughs> TV sets. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the size of a postage stamp. Why would anybody want to watch something on on that small? Well, screens are getting bigger and, and with better definition. Yeah, but they're, they're not going to get that big. No. What What are you going to a wind a widescreen telephone? Well, you can. If it, I'll show you later. Uh, and with like a hundred seconds of content. Yeah, I see. I don't see the point in that. Plus, I watched the I watched the webisode of uh, the 
the later series of, of 24. The prelude. Yeah, the, uh, the prequel or whatever. Uh, it's episode 00 of season 5. Uh, it added nothing to the story because it can't add anything to the story. But it did feature uh, Yaris. It, was it, was it, it did, Yaris or I don't know, was it, it somebody else? It did feature a car. I mean, that yeah. was, it was sponsored by a car, featured the car. It was really just an ad. Mm. Uh, I'm sure Kiefer Sutherland got heaps of cash uh, and maybe a car out of it. But uh, it added nothing to the story. So yeah. I, I don't see why people would necessarily bother. You see, I, I heard there for like the way to work and stuff. You know, you meant to go, oh... My train's coming in two minutes. Damn it. Which would be fine if long. it was a half hour episode. Yeah. But two yeah. minutes. Two minutes. Like, seems do you a bit... watch it 15 times over on the way into town? <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's why I've got an iPod and podcasts. Yeah. And uh, lastly in the news, the Sci-Fi Channel in the US is uh, going to feature a new Battlestar Galactica spin-off called Caprica. It's going to be... Oh, uh, I love that. With the... What? The bacon and the, the olives. No, that's a, cap- that's a capriciosa. <laughs> oh. This is Caprica, which is the planet that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the people from Battlestar Galacta- Galactica have come from. This is going to be set 50 years earlier and uh, is going to look at the life on Caprica 50 years before the, uh, the, the latest attack. Is there any... Uh correlation between the old Battlestar Galactica and the new Battlestar Galactica. I mean, is it similar stories? Yeah, apparently it's, it's similar stories. I, you know, I, it's one of the shows that I really don't remember very well, the old Battlestar Galactica. I remember Lorne Green. I remember what he wore was a vest. And he wore a brown vest. And that's, that's pretty much all I remember about Battlestar Galactica. I kind of remember it on Saturday afternoons after Land of the Giants or something. Oh, how good was Land of the Giants? It was great. I love it. And I, rem- I have no memory of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, isn't that weird? Apart from the opening titles. I, I always get... Uh, maybe I always switched off. Yeah, maybe. I always get uh, Planet of the Giants mixed up with uh, Planet of the Apes. Land of the Giants. See, Land it's of Land Giants. of the Giants and Planet of the Apes. I still get them confused. And, uh, oh, and Time Tunnel used to be on Saturday afternoons as well. No? You're no, drawing a blank on never, Time Tunnel? Never saw Time Tunnel. Oh, Time Tunnel was excellent. It was about a tunnel. You could go through time. Oh, really? That's pretty much it. That sounds fantastic. I know, These was... days we call them wormholes. All oh, right. <laughs> I've seen that on Saturdays. <laughs> essentially, essentially, Time Tunnel is, uh, is what Stargate ripped off. Oh. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm not so sure. And that is the Box Cutters news. The Box Cutters. And now it's over to our big brother correspondent, Jess Maguire. How are you, Jess? I'm really well, thanks, guys. How are you? Oh, we're all good. Now, you're, uh, you're in Sydney in a pub. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm keeping the level of professionalism going as per my usual standard. I'm sitting in a pub with a cigarette and a beer in one hand, illicitly charging my phone in the corner, and, and being really charming to my friends that have come to see me in Sydney and saying, no, I'm doing a podcast. Priorities, people. We'd expect nothing less. Now, uh, we are talking about Big Brother on a scale of zero to awesome. Yep. How's Big Brother so far? Oh, I don't know. How about awesome times a zillion plus one infinity? <laughs> Why don't you just deal with that? It is so good. I, I, my friends and I are going nuts on the show. We, the, the launch is great. Everyone's vapid and pretty. There's been a gay that's come out in there. There's been heartache. It's been everything that I wanted and maybe a little bit more. Now, let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, the gay, as you call him. Uh, he's, what, that's David, is that right? It is David. David, basically, the 
producers have had a broke back wet dream when he's applied and gone, gay cowboy. <laughs> so they've got him they've got him in the show. He's actually out in real life. I've, I've seen photos of him. He's, he's won like competitions in Collingwood. Um, I don't know what the competition was for. I, I, I think it was looking pretty. He won this award called the White Lotus. And I don't know what that involves, except he got to walk around with a sash and get photographed saying the White Lotus on the sash, which I like. But apparently he's like out in real life. I've seen his Gator profile. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty up with these things. But he's gone into the house and like straight back into the closet and he wanted to wait and see whether the other housemates, how they reacted to him and stuff like that, not knowing he's gay. Um, but the problem is, of course, being so beautiful, he's my future husband, so I'm a bit partial to him. Being quite beautiful, obviously one of the girls has like fallen for him and her name's Camilla and she has launched a one-woman campaign of, of the most you know, brick overhead version of flirting you've ever encountered and really puzzled as to why he's not really responding as it's, it's been very confusing for us. So apparently, of course, being a dedicated triple R broadcaster, I was off doing the show last night instead of it, like I'd rather jack rather than actually um, watching up late. So I had to get text message updates as to what was happening. And apparently Camilla said when she found out David was gay, she said it made her feel unsexualized and masculine. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, if that was right, then he should like her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, if you're masculine, baby, there's no worry. Turn around, it's fine. But no, like, she's upset. But look, he's very close. Where there's been a bond, blah, blah, vomit, vomit. There's three guys in the house he reckons he quite likes. A lot of theories as to who they'd be. But here's, here's a theory for you that my housemate came up with, which you're going to all love. Now, my housemate, Karen, pointed out that the advertising campaign for Big Brother this year had a real push on saying all these different things, and then they would say, and everything is true, right? So everything they said in the advertising campaign is apparently waiting to happen. Now, we had the world first, which is the mother and daughter going in, yeah? Yeah, so possibly. Possibly. But yeah, well, it's questionable whether it's the world first, but that's certainly where it is. kind of angling it, and that's what we've got to say. I'm sure it's the world first with uh, matching uh, breast jobs to go in. We can only hope. It's not, not the most appealing thing, is it? So that's how much I got our food jobs done, so I shouldn't really be in a position to judge them. But, uh, but the other thing that they said was two housemates share the same secret. Now, we've no one housemate has a secret, and they've been focused a lot on him, but is there someone else in the house sharing that secret? Clearly there's two people in the house with the same secret. I want to know who the other guy is. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe just someone else in the house knew that David was gay. No, no, no. <laughs> Share the same secret? That's the same secret. <laughs> Someone's waving the rainbow flag. The lights are out and we can only catch it on the infrared, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... That's so exciting. I, oh, I can't. I, I, I'm honestly wetting myself every night it comes on. I, I, I shouldn't be so excited, but I am. My, my favourite bit so far mm. has been when uh, Crystal was in with Big Brother in the diary room and Big Brother was asking her if she thought that maybe it would be hard to keep the secret of her and her mother both being in the house. Mm. And, uh, and her big revelation was, yeah, well, uh, when we were talking about our boob jobs, I thought that might give it away. Mm. <laughs> But I thought that too, though. Just remember, like, everyone goes, oh, it's so unfeasible. As if they're going to work out their mother and daughter due to matching boob jobs done eight weeks ago. But bear in mind, it was borderline retarded Glenn the Shearer last year that worked out the load. (laughs) (laughs) They're like idiot savants. It's like having a whole bunch of rain men. Yeah. (laughs) 
they're, they're dribbling one minute but coming out with some insane moment of genius the other. So we can't assume that they won't go, that's a bit of a coincidence, both from Sydney, both have the same head. One of them's, one of them's twice the age of anybody else in the house. Yeah, and apparently doesn't really talk, like, you know, I don't know, the whole thing goes up. It could, I, I think they could get away with it. But they're, they're going to have to be careful of like, oh, wow, that's a coincidence. I'm from Cronulla too. <laughs> <laughs> what, about the, uh, what about the insider, David? Uh, no, no, the insider is Michael. Oh, sorry, Michael. What about Michael, the insider? I got, I got two syllables for you, my friends. Cocklord. <laughs> <laughs> Could I hate him anymore? I'm going to say no. And, and also, I've just, I've just got picked up the airport with my beloved friend, Nat, and she was saying in the car that she knows. that you can grab from that are hysterical. I want to see this sort of hard-handed discipline throughout the series when there's a line there that goes, Tilly is fined $5,000 for misuse of the Anzac biscuit ingredient. (laughs) 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 That's not the greatest fascist sort of thing. (laughs) That for she put the syrup on her porridge. Does she have no respect for the diggers? (laughs) Is there no, no barrel? She won't scrape. She makes me sick. Her and her facts of life hair. So, so I love that. And the other thing I loved was when they found out, because God love them, the morons have like lost $140,000 of prize money in four days. I loved it. I loved it so hard when they found out they'd lost over $100,000 and the animal freak stands up and screams at them all, $100,000? Do you know how many animals I could have helped with? <laughs> <laughs> I love that where you go like it's not for me it's for the animals oh, whatever. it's not for me it's for the beer that's my that's going to be my show anyway but you know, it's been a brilliant series so far only about five days into it it can only get better from here and when we find out the secret gay when we start using that punishment room oh I, I'm just I'm going to cry and it's a surprise eviction Sunday night I know. Well, here's my theory for the Sunday night eviction. Do you love how many theories I have? I have nothing to <laughs> I think that they're going to do, basically, again, the housemates kick out two people that they don't, like, the least, obviously, the least likable, the housemates get to choose who they want to evict, right? So they're yep. thinking, woohoo, see ya, on your bike, stud. Kick them out, but they don't actually go anywhere. They're going to do what the English Big Brother did, I think, and put them in a room where they have a one-way mirror and the microphones, and they get to sit there and watch the other housemates talk about them, like, oh, so glad she's gone. She's such a <laughs> <laughs> for a week and then they throw them back in. <laughs> when they did this on the English Big Brother, I saw the footage of this on the internet. It was amazing. There were fisticuffs, plates smashed, death threats. The police were called to pass. 
<laughs> and I was there going, oh, that's that's right. This is what this is what Mama tunes in for. You give me some of that in Australia. That's what they're gonna do. <laughs> I, I want I want some blood. I want I want some like you know absolute like ball tearing going on. And I think that's what's gonna happen. So this fake this fake eviction could be quite brilliant as well. I think. Yeah, Fantastic. Definitely. Well, we'll uh, we'll check in with you in the weeks to come and see if yeah. your blood spilling dreams come true. Oh, look, I, I've, I've got my fingers crossed they will, and fingers crossed I won't be in a, in a, in a pub with a beer in hand secretly charging my phone this time. <laughs> that, that would be great, but a little bit disappointing. <laughs> well, I know, I'll, I'll go, I'll go to, yeah, before you go to the North Fitzroy Star or something. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks for that, Jess. Thanks, Jess. Coming up in Box Cutters, we've got a letter to Box Cutters. Some talk about Foxtel, a little bit of talk about footy preambles, maybe a crap TV. And next, I Don't Buy It, times two. Are you one of those that follows the ads? Follows, 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 follows the ads. Pepsi is putting coke into their Now I can talk as much as I want. Got the sly look, sly look, sly look. Hello, this is Ricardo Montalbán. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. Ig dig dog shit, you are not. No, it. I'm, I'm, I'm going first. Oh, we, we already decided. But, right. but should we play the theme twice? No. No? <laughs> that was very comprehensive. <laughs> uh, the ad I'm looking at today features two people fencing. Ooh. Not building With palings and not building a fence, no, no. But uh, the. How did you know he was going to do that? I, I just. I, we've been doing this for. <laughs> Seven or eight months now, I kind of saw it coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not building a fence, but um, but that old wussy sport. It's kind of based on sword fighting. Wussy, ah. wussy. <laughs> Which other sports do you know where people get electrocuted? How do people get, get electrocuted? Yeah, people have been electrocuted in fencing because they they're hooked up to the to the sensors. And uh, and if the suit goes wrong, people have been electrocuted in fencing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> you're not saying you're not saying anything about the sport. You're saying if the suit goes wrong. I mean, that's that's only the scoring system. Sharpen up the foils and take <laughs> off the helmets, and that's a proper sport. <laughs> anyway, one of these two people fencing is being very badly beaten, and he removes his beekeeping mask. What do they What do they call the masks in fencing? A fencing mask. He removes <laughs> his. <laughs> Sorry? Is it an epe? You're an epe. Epe? <laughs> okay. He refused he refused his uh, beekeeping mask and his inability It's called apury. <laughs> his inability to fence is revealed. He's going grey. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen this ad. Now a CGI a CGI graphic explains that this particular brand of hair dye works differently to all other hair dyes because it attaches itself to the root. They go back to the fencing match and his ability has miraculously returned and he virally plunges his sword into the opponent's chest. It goes in. So he heads out for the the opponent, the opponent removes their mask and shock horror. It's a chick. It's a woman, a beautiful woman with grey hair. And he comes case, up and strikes his cheek. In case the sexual subtext is a little subtle for you, she gives him a sexy but submissive look and breathily says, "You nailed me." Oh. <laughs> and just. Just in case any of you women out there think you might like to get on this, think it might be a pretty good product for you, back off, ladies. It's just for men. 
Right. At what point did he not forfeit the game by going off and dyeing his hair and coming back? <laughs> I, just, I, I had no idea that, yeah, that your fencing ability was determined by the colour of your hair. Maybe it has a fade out and then goes one week later. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's, it's not one week later. They're just, they don't even suggest that he's gone and How dyed his hair. How could it not be one week later? Doesn't well, take it doesn't a week take, to no. dye your hair. <laughs> how, how does fencing, how is that determined by your hair colour? <laughs> it's not. Well, <laughs> then surely he can just go, aha, my hair is restored. I feel virile and younger. Let me nail you. <laughs> Maybe get a finger in. <laughs> Brett, you've, uh, you've got an ad. Uh, yes, one for the uh, night owls amongst our listeners. Oh, you know what? You know why you wouldn't have seen this ad? It's on during the footy all the time. Because oh. oh, footy players love fencing. Footy fans love fencing. <laughs> they, Mad for fencing. They do. Uh, this is a late night one uh, for adultmatchmaker.com.au. My problem is with the uh, pronunciation because it's a localised one. One of those ones that they'll, they'll drop in uh, in the Melbourne uh, office of the network Melbournians uh, Come and check out uh, 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 Shane which, Bornians <laughs> <laughs> Which at least At least it's not that Freaking Sydney centric uh, Melbourneites And they've got the right term But haven't they heard about the ridicule That uh, Americans get for calling Our fair town Melbourne Which is you know As, as much as I uh, disregard uh, <clears throat> sorry, Gene Simmons as a human. Uh, <laughs> he does say Melbourne when he comes to Melbourne. He knows that much. He doesn't know how to be a nice guy, but he does know uh, how to pronounce Melbourne. Well, I've, I, I've always given him that credit. I assume the publicists <laughs> now give a bit of a heads up about pronounce it B-U-R-N um, for visiting celebrities and, yes. and Gene Simmons's and the like. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just a pity that they couldn't. And where is the quality assurance? Who would sign off on Melbournians? Yeah. Well, I've got to tell you, you've ruined all these ads for me. Ever since you uh, saw the ad for the person, <laughs> you know, pretend to be texting from your computer at home. <laughs> pretend you're having a great time. I can't help but look at these ads go, they're all liars. Well, this isn't a call me now. This is a sign up. Yeah, yeah. And, this is and a... you know, I didn't really want to bring into question uh, whether personal dating service sites work or not, such as RSVP and Adult Matchmaker and what's the... Hot ga- Pie. Ga- hot, hot Pie. Dot, what's the... What's yeah. the what's Red Hot that? Pie. Red Hot Pie. Never heard of that in my life. Another Never heard of that. The, 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 gay, the gay one's just... Uh, Gay adult, matchmaker? It's just adult matchmaker, just a gay stream of it, yeah. I, I we've presume. Got, we've got a little bit of time, so I want to throw one into the ring as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. We should have played I, the music three times. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, and, and I was reluctant to, to do it this week because I've only kind of seen the tail end of it, and I don't know what it's an ad for, mm-hmm. but Costa Zoo is in a suit. Yeah, uh, And yeah, talking yeah. to me about, uh, I don't know, family finances or something like that. I can't understand a damn word that he's saying, and uh, and it's it's just one of the worst ads I've ever seen in my life. I, I saw it with the sound off and just saw Costa Zoo in the suit. No, I don't buy it. No, I don't buy it at all. And I, I wonder if it's only going to run until he gets voted off Star Dancers. Oh, yeah, possibly. Oh, that's interesting. Because surely it's only making hay while the sun shines while he's on there. But, but how could they... Like, he doesn't box at all in the ad, and he talks. 
And he's in a suit. And he's, uh, <laughs> like, two things, two things that he's not thinking? famous for. Exactly. I've been getting any sort of boxer to talk. I don't understand the point, but yeah. No, well, you know, they tried that on uh, on the contender with Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, just have to go through so much post yeah. in the contender. Hey, you know, uh, speaking of boxes and, and product placement, you know, everybody knows the George Foreman grill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I caught a bit of temptation the other night and they were giving away a John Melkovich blender. I heard <laughs> I, I saw the end of temptation and and, and I, I heard our friend Ed Phillips say, uh, you're going home with the... John Malkovich Blender. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> if you have any... It's, it's got to be some sort of Spike Jones joke, doesn't it? If you have any information about this, email us, hooray at boxcutters.net, because I, we really want to know more. I can only assume it's for, you know, blending parts of your enemy's bodies <laughs> in front of them to terrify them. But what else could you use a John Malkovich Blender for? <laughs> that's, is it that's bold? frightening. Is it a bald blender? <laughs> Most blenders are bald. I've never seen a hairy blender. In fact, if I saw a hairy blender, I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> box cutters, box cutters, box cutters. Foxtel. Boo. Oh. That's my whole segment. No. All right. <laughs> Foxtel this week. My Foxtel. The mm-hmm. reception I've been getting has just been terrible. Now, we... Wait a minute. It's, it, it's hardwired to your TV set. How could, it, how could you have... Bad reception. It's not coming through an antenna. Well, here's the thing. It's we we upgraded to digital a while back. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much when it started because mm-hmm. because uh, we love being first with things. And we love being ripped off, and <laughs> uh, so we, we moved over to digital, and everything was fine and good, and the picture was was better. Every now and then, you'd get pixelations if there was a, a problem in the signal. Uh, and during a storm, during a really windy time, when the, the cable gets moved around... Is, isn't Foxtel underground? It is underground, except that it comes up to a box that's on the side of our block of flats mm-hmm. and then runs up the outside of the block of flats into our flat. And we're on the top floor, so it all goes straight in there, and so it's exposed all of that way through. But it's, it's like hooked into a brick it's, wall. It's hooked into the brick wall, but still, really strong winds have an effect on it. Now, uh, this week, we were just getting absolutely terrible picture to the point where everything was freezing. Uh, Fox 8 was just unwatchable. It was nothing but green, giant boxes yep. throughout the screen. Yep. Just couldn't see a damn thing, couldn't watch anything. Which is why I couldn't watch this week's Contender, which made me really, really, really upset. Now, the Contender is repeated the next day at 1pm. So I thought, well, if we can get it fixed beforehand, that'll be fine. Uh, We tried to get it fixed. We got someone in. He said that he fixed it. Went away. It wasn't fixed. Really? Really. So we got someone in the next day. Do you turn the TV on? Yeah, yeah. He... It was... It was fixed enough while he was there, but then a couple of hours later, the same problem came back. You should have, you should have gone out to the wire on the wall and gone... Yeah, but, to check it. but while I'm doing that, I can't watch the telly. No, but leaving him up there. Oh, anyway. <laughs> it, went, it went crap. That night was just terrible again. So... Uh, we called someone else out, managed to get someone the next day, which is almost unheard of. Before one. Before one. Mm-hmm. He came in 
uh, apparently fixed it. <laughs> In doing that, though, he completely ruined my big pond cable hooker, which I didn't find out until after he left. And then by one o'clock, the signal was bad again. Oh, what? really? Uh but while he was there, he told me that the cable network has been set up 10 years ago mm-hmm. for an analog signal. 12 years ago. 12 years ago for an mm-hmm. analog signal. Mm-hmm. And the analog signal didn't need nearly as much power as the digital signal. Because of that, and because of wear and tear on the network, uh, a lot of the digital signal now is just not getting through the way it was supposed to. So even though they've changed all the signal and everything, can you you can't still get analog Foxtel, can you? You can still get analog Foxtel, but you but can't they, go back to analog Foxtel. But they haven't upgraded any the infrastructure that actually amplifies the signal, as it were, from from the exchange. It, it would seem. it would seem as not. He also told me that come July first, a lot of rules are going to change. And you're no longer going to be able to have exposed wiring or exposed cabling like we have on our block of flats. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a huge fine for that. And instead, blocks of flats like mine are either going to have to have internal cabling or a satellite dish. Mm. It's just gone crazy. There's, there's, nothing that, there's nothing that's going to make Fox Hill Digital good now. I wouldn't worry too much about it. This digital TV thing's just a fad. You think it's just a fad? I think it's just think a it's fad. Not, it's, it's not going to continue? No. Nah. It's it's really, really frustrating. Anyway, we had a, a third guy come in today. Now, this guy is someone that I called up from Big Pond to fix my Big Pond problem. Mm-hmm. In doing so, he had a look at the whole thing. And I said, well, why haven't the guys beforehand fixed it? And he said, that's because the guys you had before were a couple of dickheads. And I went, oh, good on you. You're my favorite. And he told me everything that was going on uh, and said, yeah, there's actually a problem getting signal from the street to the block of flats. There's huge problems with the signal in this building. And that's why all this is happening. I've fixed your big pond. I've somewhat fixed your foxtail. But nothing's going to happen until we can get network technicians out to fix the network fault. And, uh, you know, this problem is costing Foxtel and Telstra and Big Pond heaps and heaps and heaps of money and they're not going to upgrade the cabling. That's Big- insane. They should be running, they should be rerunning fibre everywhere. You'd think so. You'd think Absolutely. so. Absolutely. Mm. But they're not going to. I mean, that would involve them ripping up the streets again. It would involve them doing all, all of these problems that, that they're just not going to do it. They'll- they didn't actually lay down pipe that they then run the cable through so they could... You know, in this eventuation, actually replace the cable. Oh, that's pretty m- freaking short-sighted. Maybe they did that. Maybe not. The uh, the word from guy number two was that they're just going to say, "Nah, at your expense, get yourself a satellite dish." The end. So pretty pissed off with Foxtel at the moment. Which means that you can't have cable modem going anymore. Which apparently Kent Street and Richmond's. Uh, voted 12 years ago not to have cable TV run down it. And so uh, Foxtel are never going to offer that there. The only reason I would have had to go to cable would be for the internet connection. And they're only ever offering satellite, which meant that you just had a dial-up modem up link. Yeah. um, On that. You live in a corner, though. 
don't you? Mm-hmm. So one we're giving, street we're giving, not we're giving too, away too much information about uh, where pe- Brett lives. Uh, people can he'll, it's, he'll it's invite them in. Give this them is pizza. this is like the lost game. <laughs> We've given two clues to where he lives. But couldn't, couldn't you get <laughs> the name of the from street the, and a corner from the uh, adjacent street? No, right. No, it's not anywhere there. Oh, what a pain in the ass. Yeah. So um, and and Optus won't and, go and, to you know now. Thank God I didn't. Well, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think you're pretty lucky. I think I'm going to get rid of both of those. It's just too annoying. Too annoying. Did you get to see the contender? No, it is repeated once again, four o'clock on Saturday. So hopefully nothing's going to go wrong between now and then. That's. Uh, we also missed America's Next Top Model. It's. It's been. <laughs> that's not going to help, Brett. It's not going to help. It's not going to help. Anyway, that's my Foxtel gripe. I ask this knowing that you guys haven't, but uh, have you guys been watching the football at all? Yes, Ross, I have. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, I, I really have something to say about the preambles. <laughs> <laughs> Which channel's preambles would that be? Oh, Channel uh, 9's preambles. 10, 10's, yeah, 10's yes. preambles. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the... the, the Channel 10 have, have got this thing where every football match has to be described in some sort of, like, gladiatorial Shakespearean This prose. is in the lead-up. This, this is in the lead-up. And, and who have we got? Uh, what, what, what brains powerhouses have we got doing this? I, I have no idea. It could possibly be... Is it just the commentators? No, it, it's, it's, it's done by Channel 10. It could possibly be Craig Willis, who's uh, the uh, AFL's master of ceremonies. Channel 9 don't Australian Open Masters You'll know his voice Yeah So hang on is, is this a kind of The last time These two teams met There was a giant egg In the middle it's, of the field It's a lot more It's a lot worse than that It's full of analogies And all kinds of I've got uh, I've got Saturday nights here it's only uh, it's only the start, but the pressure is on. For both these teams, new years bring new hopes, but summer dreams are beginning to fade. The powerhouse foundations are beginning to creak as age appears to be wearying them. Numbers are blinking. They should, they should use just for men. It would uh, <laughs> make them so common. Numbers are blinking as bodies are battered. For one, hopes will revive tonight. Spirit will spirits will soar in victory's sweet afterglow. But for the other, the dark clouds of dashed plans will continue together. With the season merely a month old, no one wants to go there. Wow, so if one of those teams lose, Armageddon will come. Apparently so. <laughs> and, and this is, you know, I'd understand if this was for, like, you know, the grand final or an important match. But this was for Saturday night, 14th was playing 16th. <laughs> you know, so that... I, and, and, by the same token, I understand that they can't say, "Hey, this guy's going to be shit. Don't bother to watch." But you know, this is this is just a ridiculous thing. They're doing it before, uh, yeah, just before every game. Uh, on Monday night, we got there's something special in the air tonight on Anzac Day's Eve in a city that that stops for its sport. Monday night football has come to town. The city is set. The lights are on. The battle is but moments away. And I thought, okay, yeah, fair enough. Be done with it, but that was only the Monday night football preamble. They still had to then. They then they played um, that awful Hunters and Collectors song that they always play, uh, Holy, Holy Grail. Grail. Holy Grail. And then they went into a separate one about both the teams. Pain, too many tears. The time to fight back has begun. Last week against its greatest greatest tormentor, enough became enough. 
Tonight against another which has landed too many blows, which has claimed too many victories, another line will be drawn. Because boys are now men, and wills have been steeled. For now is the time for ledgers to be squared. What are they going on about? I, I would love to see an entire match of football where everybody has a ledger. <laughs> <laughs> and they always do it to some really emotive piece of music, too. It's the final countdown. Yeah, something like that. Or I think that, that one was, uh, they had Nirvana's... Um, <laughs> Smells like Teen Spirit in the background, right? And for the Monday Night Football, I had Tonight Tonight by Smashing Pumpkins. Well, what a freaking wank! It is, it is. Anyway, so I'm thinking we should we should hop on board, get on this bandwagon. So I'm I'm gonna maybe do one for next week's show for you'll, box cutters. You write one up, yeah, that I can use in the uh, in the intro. No, that we'll play before the music even starts. Oh. I might see if I can get Craig Willis to come and <laughs> read it for us. But oh, I, that I, would I be excellent. I don't I don't like my actually. Chances. You know who'd have a great voice for that? James Talia. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, maybe we could get him to do it. Yeah, well, see what they what they really need to do is just get one simple catchphrase that they do every single time, just like "Let's get ready to rumble." Exactly. Oh! Exactly. That oh guy's God. <laughs> Michael. Michael. What's his name? Michael starts with R. So, who was ready to rumble? Yeah. I can't hear anything anymore. <laughs> the guy who did the "Let's get ready to rumble" like that's his thing, yeah. and he and he's just. Made a career out of going to places and saying, let's get ready to rumble. In a tux. In a tux. Yep. That's, it's a living. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's, no, that's truly crap, mm. the, the football thing. It's mm. really, it's just footy. It is. It it's is no more, footy. no less. It is just footy. And yeah, so if you're watching Channel 10's broadcast of any games, maybe tune in 10, 15 so minutes don't, after They don't starts. do it on Channel 9? No. They do their own ones, but they're not, they're not as overblown and as obnoxious as... As Channel 10. I'd love to see Channel 9 do it for the cricket. Both teams dressed in white, but their blood bleeds red. In their veins, the will to get wickets. You could do it for anything. You could. You the could. will of the willow. Oh, that's great. In their veins, the will of the willow. Yeah. On the leather. <laughs> I love that. Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this oh, show. Some crap TV. A welcome return to crap TV. A we haven't had return. it for a while. We haven't had, no, we haven't had crap TV. A couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Frankly, I didn't think we were having it this week, but <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the Channel 10 voiceover, how they're doing the dual uh, man and woman. You know, uh, She's doing the... Yeah, you know, the guy will say all the stuff about the episode and then the woman will come in with, it's going to be wild or something similar to that. Uh, Channel... Don't touch my pants. <laughs> Channel 9 have got... a bit odd with their uh, with their voiceover guy. I think he's the new guy. I think he's possibly the guy who came over from Channel 10 that we talked about oh, a yeah, while yeah, ago. Yeah. Anyway. He, he was, what was the term for that? Oh. Oh, yeah. Sharked. Sharked. He was sharked. He was sharked, sharked by Channel 9. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, he, he, I'm not sure if he's writing his own material or if somebody is <laughs> writing his material for him, but... Maybe Georgie Parker's right. <laughs> well, possibly. He, he seems to be drawing together kind of very disparate threads to kind of to promote things. I was watching Survivor the other night, and it got to the end of Survivor, and the voiceover came on, and they said, if you like Survivor, 
you'll love our Saturday night movie, Bad Eggs. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, yeah, that's true. One of them's about a bunch of people on an island and one's about crooked cops. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. That's, uh, they're very similar. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's irrelevant, but it's understandable. I mean, that's how, that's how people advertise things. Yeah. You know. But then I was watching, uh, I was watching Caught the End of Super Nanny on Friday night. Right. Because I was waiting for the football to start. And uh, surprise, surprise, Super Nanny had been about a rambunctious little boy who was causing trouble in his household. And the episode finished as Super Nanny does. Everything ended happily. Super Nanny had got the child to behave, at least while the cameras were there, and everybody was going away happy. Then the voiceover man pipes up and just says, I, I forget the little kid's name, just say his name was Frank. Yep. And said, poor little Frank. He was just a little guy fighting against the system. That's exactly like our Saturday night movie Ants. <laughs> Ant Z is a little ant fighting against the system. How can you make a how can you make a correlation between Super Nanny and uh, ants? The, clearly, and, and it's, what, he's done it. What freaking cheesy commentary! <laughs> yeah, now, I think he should be commended for his yoga-like twisting of <laughs> concepts. <laughs> what a what a linguistic contortionist! I, I think they should just go back to Pete Smith. Who would just go... It's like 76, isn't he? Who would just go, yeah. don't forget our Saturday night movie. Ants. Yeah. 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 Which, don't try which, and draw these long bows. Yeah, that's... that's If you like discipline, you'll love... That's... Oh, terrible. Yeah. That is crap TV. That's what I thought. Get your hand off it. Mm. Larry Postman. I have a letter for you. No, I'm just the Postman. The Postman. The Postman. We've got some letters to box cutters. People have sent to hooray at boxcutters.net. Joel has written in to say, Dear box cutters, I wanted to email you guys, well, you have, to talk <laughs> about the comment Josh, that's me, made in episode 30, that was two weeks ago, and in previous episodes, lauding We Can Be Heroes as the best thing on TV in 2005. The question is why? Concept of a character acting. A character actor dressing up in many roles is only original if you've never seen Jerry Lewis in The Nutty Professor or The Family Jewels, Peter Sellers in the fiendish plot of Dr. Fu Manchu. I did say original, not good. There are so many better Peter Sellers multi-roles that you could have picked there. But you didn't, Joel. And you're questioning me. So I'm coming back at you. And anything starring Mike Myers, 1997 to 2002. And how could you forget Dana Carvey in The Turtle? (laughs) <laughs> I added that in He forgot it He watched the first episode And half of the second So uh, I can only assume It got magically funny From episode three onwards Because what I saw Was as funny As Sharon Strezlecki's voiceover Of a tragic race meet In Magda's of Funny Bits You think drama in Australia Is in trouble If this is the best thing In comedy to be produced I'd say drama Is in trouble too I think he means comedy Anyway why I like We Can Be Heroes by Josh Canal. But hold on a sec. You you weren't you weren't. I mean, you did say that it was original, but you weren't suggesting that dressing up in in different characters, in different characters, it was, has never been done before. No. I, I, what I really like about, I mean, it could have been different people dressed up as these characters. I think one of the greatest things about We Can Be Heroes was uh, the writing or the characters. Know, the, the writing of the characters. Yeah. I think they were they were fantastic. They, some great emotional depths and 
uh, and some really tragic moments, uh, especially with uh, the woman who uh, would roll from with her uh, cancer. From yeah, with her cancer, she was going to roll from Perth to Ayers Rock, and uh, and the man who didn't get in to uh, didn't get a nomination for Australian of the Year and had to hide it from his family. I thought both of those were, were filled with pathos and uh, were great kind of comic tragic characters. Really well displayed. I thought the uh, the supporting cast was fantastic to go along with it and play it so seriously. I mean that that was another great thing about it that it, it was a comedy, but everyone was playing their role really seriously. There were some characters that I thought uh, maybe not as good as as others. Uh, I think the the high school girl was particularly annoying, but then Ricky Wong, the uh, the Chemistry student from uh, from Melbourne, he was fantastic. He Monash. had some great uh, Melbourne. He had some. Was it Monash? I'm sure it was Monash. Well, he was from the city of Melbourne. Yes, but and he went to the University of Melbourne. And <laughs> <laughs> but interesting you say that because Jamie would have been the most popular. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. You can tell you can tell who didn't watch the series. <laughs> I, I, I similar to Joel, I watched the first half of the first episode and thought. I don't have time for this. Unfortunately, because I think I would have liked it if I'd gone into it. Yeah, I think I think you would have. I mean, mm. It was a short series, but mm. by the end of it, uh, with most of the characters, you had a really great emotional journey. Uh, so, yes, I would say after episode three, when you started to realise what was going to happen to the characters and how they each had to overcome their own personal problems. See, that's what you realised by episode three. From from the letters to the guide, people were still trying to work out that it wasn't a documentary and that they were played by the same person. Right. Mm. Mm. But it was a satire on, on that, that genre. Mm. Yeah, it, it was. Did the people in the guide also, or the people who write to the guide, do they know that Dame Edna Everidge isn't actually a woman? Oh, well, probably because she's a, she's a classic. Right. She's a classic, but um, yeah, no, I don't... Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't asked them. <laughs> so anyway, Joel, that, that is what you, you asked why. That's why I thought We Can Be Heroes was such a great show. Mm. We had another letter during the week from uh, Gabby. Gabby is a regular listener, and she said uh, she loves the podcast, but we also had a few words about Alias last week, and she was saying how much she likes Alias. I think uh, Gabby's got some good taste here. She likes box cutters, she likes Alias, and she liked the orientation film in Lost. So, well, that's and that's a good one, Gabby. She also said that C- the CIA, CIA is definitely like Alias. Yes, she was adamant about that and yep. would not have her reality squashed. No, well, I mean, she's right. Apparently, there's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, there's quite a few uh, uh, Alias and Lost crossovers as well. For people who are interested, people who are playing along at home, apparently uh, this one of the songs from uh, Drive Shaft or whatever Charlie's band's name oh, yeah, is yeah. appears in the background in Alias. Yeah, it did. I remember. They, I remember uh, watching Alias and hearing "Everybody Wants Something." They'll never give up. And when they that, were, that wasn't the Drive Shaft song. <laughs> that was the Zit Remedy. All oh, right. <laughs> and when they went to uh, when they had the alias in Sydney briefly, alias went to Sydney. They flew Oceanic Air. Oh, really? Hmm. Oh, see, that's cute. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's a nice or cute crossover. Perhaps just unoriginal. <laughs> uh, Oceanic, uh, unoriginal. Well, you know, Oceanic is. It means that you don't have to come up with another original idea for a for a, for an airline 
name or for a song on the radio. Or... You're o- so jealous. Oceanic Air. You're so jealous of apparently their Apparently has been used by many, many TV shows throughout the... That's, that's kind of like the standard. Like, oh, that's the like, 555 yeah, phone number. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that's for a reason because there is no 555 in, in the, the States. States. Well, there is no Oceanic Air. Yeah, so, and I, I don't know if I've told this story on yeah, air but, before, but, but it was about it was about not having phone numbers that are actually people's phone numbers. And yeah, but if there was an Oceanic Air, can you imagine? I all don't the know. I don't know if I've told this story before, but uh, so stop me if I have. Okay. But I lived in Moorabbin growing up. Moorabbin's mm-hmm. area code very close to the five 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 little prefix is five five five. When oh, I was growing up, more Cheltenham down there. No. <laughs> Trust me, I know what my phone number was when I was growing up. I was Brett. just up the road, five five seven. It was five five five. Back in Rihanna Road, it was five five five. Wasn't it five seven eight? No, <laughs> that's like South Caulfield. Okay. Anyway, Josh. it was five five five. Anyway, you were saying Alf on an episode of Alf. Alf gave out his phone number. Yeah, and it was five 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 to blah 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 blah. And See, blah blah blah. It's not real numbers. Either. No, they're not real numbers. <laughs> But, That's uh, another way to get around. But it. he used he used real numbers. Oh, okay. was it your number? It wasn't my number. It was the number of a of a woman further up the street. It couldn't have been Josh's. His was five seven eight. <laughs> and uh, as she got heaps of phone calls from yeah, kids yeah, yeah. wanting yeah. to speak to Alf, and she got on the news. <laughs> oh, really? She got on the news for uh, having lots of phone calls with kids who wanted to speak to Alf. You know why they bought that in? They bought it in because of Ghostbusters. Originally, in the original Ghostbusters film, it wasn't 555. And whoever the pearl person was who had the Ghostbusters number just got millions of calls. Oh, really? And that's why they changed it. No, but if no you, you, had, you had 555 numbers before Ghostbusters. No, no, no. <laughs> I reckon if you, you can solve this dispute, email us hooray at boxcutters.net. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters, episode 32. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, thank you also to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast. You can check them out on the net, rrr.org.au. Thanks to Jess McGuire, who also has a show on Triple R midnight on Wednesday nights called I'd Rather Jack. And uh, thank you to me. I'm Josh Canal. <laughs> <laughs> Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Check us out again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And don't forget to check out our store, cafepress.com slash boxcutters. And hey, let's be careful out there. Pedant. <laughs>